welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. Open a doorway to healing in your life. I'm your host, Dawn Damari. This week's episode is about stress management. Stress is the root of so many medical issues. And we're going to be talking about how to manage this, especially right now, and also specifically talking about the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is part of your parasympathetic nervous system, and it's so important. So my guest, Melanie Weller, is very familiar with this topic. She's a physical therapist, certified athletic trainer, and a medical visionary. Hi, I'm Dawn. This is A Teaspoon of Healing. I have a guest today, Melanie Weller. She's a medical visionary and a physical therapist. Hi, Melanie. Hi, Don. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for joining me on A Teaspoon of Healing. So you're a physical therapist, but you're a medical visionary. What, what is a medical visionary? I really like that term. <laughs> I really want to help reshape medicine into a new way that helps us all and reshape even our uh, systems outside of medicine in ways that help us organically be healthier and that support us. Okay. And what are some ways we could do that? Well, I like to tell, I consider myself very much a storyteller of the human body. And I really like to frame this in the Egyptian myth of Isis and Osiris. And in that story, Osiris was the king of Egypt, and his brother Set was jealous and angry and wanted to be king. And so Set tricked Osiris into laying down in a bejeweled coffin, had his soldiers shut the lid, nail it, and carry him to the Nile River to send him downstream to his death. Osiris's wife Isis found out about this and went and found Osiris's body, took him to a cave, and breathed new life back into him. Well, Set found out about that and was furious. And so he tracked down Osiris and chopped his body into pieces and scattered them down the Nile River. Isis again found out about this. She gathered all of Osiris's pieces. She found everything except his phallus, for which, and for that she made a new one. She Back at the cave, she brought him back to life long enough for them to conceive their divine child Horus. And then Osiris went on to be king of the underworld, which for the Egyptians was where all life came from and all treasures were found. And we use dismemberment metaphors in our language all the time. We say we're falling apart. We can't get it together. Our hearts are broken. Our lives are shattered. We'd give our left arm for something that we really desire. And this Osiris wound or what I call an Osiris wound, is a very universal experience. And in that story, if you imagine yourself there, it's easy to see that everybody probably thought Osiris's destiny was to be the king of Egypt, but his true destiny was to be the king of the underworld. And we very often in our own lives have to come apart to come back together in a new way. And medicine as an institution has a really severe Osiris wound, it's chopped up into many specialties and where there's good reason for that in part as a whole medicine has not has lost its ability to really treat the whole person and to see somebody 
head to toe and in a multidimensional way. And that's something that I would like to really bring back to medicine to make very much the art of medicine uh, a science and to really look at how we know medically that stress is the root of 75 to 90% of all medical issues, but we don't really talk very specifically about what stress is and what it means. And I have been, uh, I've branded myself as a stress management expert for at least about 10 years now. And my clinical expertise is in treating the vagus nerve as a pinch nerve. And your vagus nerve is your big stress, pleasure, grace under pressure, rest and digest nerve. It goes all the way from your brainstem to your pelvis. And it can get compressed where we have horizontal structures in the body, such as the vocal cords and the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor. Okay. And your vagus nerve is really, um, I can, I'll talk more specifically about that in a minute. Yeah, that's, that all, was going to be one of my questions. Yeah, what is, yeah, what, what it what does. is the vagus, yeah. for people who don't know, yeah, what, what sure. does it do? So when you're in the parasympathetic nervous system, yeah. is, it, is that the one that activates that when you're in it the, is, it, like your you vagus said, nerve is, the, is Yeah, your vagus nerve is the biggest component of your parasympathetic nervous system. Oh, okay. We need that, right? We need, we need We're that. We're definitely Especially in right fight now. or flight. Yeah, people are, <laughs> yeah. the adrenals are, are, you know, shot and people are in fight or flight. Uh, Absolutely. Well, and as we're in the thick of tw- 2020 <laughs> pandemic at the moment too, mm-hmm. your vagus nerve innervates your gut and your gut is 70% of your immune system. Right. So having a healthy vagus nerve gives you good immunity. And there's some evidence for that too, as how well your vagus nerve functions in patients with pancreatic cancer has predictive value for how long they will live. Wow. And, and yeah, we don't talk about it enough and it seems it's difficult to get into that rest and digest and to activate, I guess, activate the vagus nerve. It, it it can be really well. I will say it can be. It is often we make it harder than it maybe needs to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's. I was assuming that. So yeah. What are? Right. I mean, I know you were going to discuss this, and we can still discuss other effects. Yeah. On no. Absolutely. First, well, yeah, and I'll just to, give a little broader sure. overview. So your vagus nerve also innervates your vocal cords in your heart. Okay. And it gives sensory information for most of your organs up to your brain. So when we talk about like our heart brain and our gut brain, those are largely vagus nerve driven processes, you know, what we feel in our heart and what we feel in our gut. And in the research, uh, they've also found that women with complete spinal cord injuries can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation at the cervix. And so your vagus nerve is integral to sexual pleasure as well. Okay. It, uh, in the research, they'll often use electrical stimulation on the vagus nerve. And when they do that, they find that it reverses the mitochondrial defects that go with heart disease 
and your mitochondria are little structures inside of your cells. Your vagus nerve isn't directly in the mitochondria, but when you stimulate it, good things happen in the body. It improves insulin resistance. It even remaps your brain at the highest levels. So in general, when your vagus nerve is functioning better, you are functioning better. And, and simple techniques like meditation and mindfulness improve your vagus nerve health as well. The measurement for your vagus nerve is called heart rate variability. And heart rate variability is a very well-established measurement. It's got over 200,000 research articles on it. Okay. And so if you imagine that, like, when you take it, uh, the heart rate variability is kind of the distance between the peaks of the waves. And everybody's got an optimal number or an optimal range based on their age. There's normative data on this. And when, uh, and our vagus nerves measure even beyond our own stress levels, trauma, we're most familiar with our vagus nerves when we're, for example, stressed or going to do something that makes us nervous, like public speaking perhaps. Mm -hmm. And we get a lump in our throats and our palms sweat, our hearts race, and our digestion shifts. Because those are all vagus nerve-mediated functions, and your vagus nerve has been dialed down, and your fight-and-flight system has taken over. Right. And so that's how most of us are familiar with our vagus nerve. But certainly in trauma, your vagus nerve gets dialed down, and your heart rate variability becomes further out of range. And But when your story is not your trauma, but your pleasure and your gratitude and things like that, your vagus nerve health improves. The research shows that when you breathe in a feeling of gratitude and appreciation into your heart, your heart rate variability gets better. And you can train your heart rate variability in different situations. And I love this concept because it teaches you to live in a meditative state what's really stressful is being in the zone and then getting yanked out of it and then trying to mm -hmm. get back in. <laughs> Absolutely. And if you can stay in the zone, which, and know that sometimes you're deeper in it and sometimes you're a little closer to the surface, but that you're always there and not constantly getting yanked in and out of it, that can do wonders for your stress levels. And certainly your vagus nerve, in terms of uh, performance, for example, when athletes when we, they, or entertainers, when they have great performances and we say they're in the zone, the vagus nerve is uh, highly coherent. Coherence is the word for that. that it's, you know, it's, your heart rate variability is very organized, very coherent in those moments. And so we can really practice with our heart rate variability to improve it in order to be in the zone more often than not. In my clinical practice, though, what I've found is that treating the vagus nerve as a pinched nerve also improves your heart rate variability. And I've treated a lot of 
anxiety and depression and even suicide ideation and a little bit of hallucinations as well. And you can't, what I, my, what I see around this is that you just can't always meditate or uh, have a mindfulness practice to the point that it unpinches your vagus nerve. If you've got a mechanical compression of it, the shortest path to your highest potential is to take the mechanical pressure off of it so that it functions better. And when we talk about being in a flow state, I would contend that where the vagus nerve gets pinched at those horizontal structures in the body, like for example, the diaphragm, that it's not just your vagus nerve that goes through there. You have your arteries and veins and some organs and lymphatics going through there as well. And when you get compression at those horizontal structures, you block internal flow. And when you don't have internal flow, it shows up as limited external flow too. My background is in treating complicated chronic pain patients and others that just haven't have been around the block several times and haven't found the answers that they're looking for. And when what I noticed over the 25 years I've been a physical therapist and uh, longer that I've been in athletic training, that the story that was happening inside of their body was very metaphoric for the story that was happening outside of their body. And I think at the end of the day, the rule we the only rule we ever follow is as above, so below. And the difference between acute, subacute pain and chronic pain is that chronic pain gets locked into your limbic system, which is where our emotions are stored and processed. Mm-hmm. And when and you can't logic yourself out of your limbic system. You have to have an emotional key to get it out of there. And that's where story is really so powerful. And I find that story lives very prescriptively in the body and that ancient medicine really has a lot um, to tell us about that. And I'll, uh, um, I'll, I'll pause here for a moment because I know oh, I've no, been talking. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So the, the uh, vagus nerve itself, could it, could it lead to our highest potential as people, um, as, you know, as humans? Absolutely. I believe so. I find it's really, uh, I, I've, I've taught, uh, my process even in, um, to help amplify intuition. I did a telepathy workshop with a medium once using that, and it really amplifies, uh, our, uh, ability to sense what's going on or, because it innervates our hearts, the vagus nerve also helps generate the electromagnetic fields of our heart. And those are measurable up to about three feet or so from our bodies. And the research shows that when solar and space weather disrupts the electromagnetic field of the earth, it's measurable in our vagus nerves. Oh, And the wow. extent, so we're synch- we're literally synchronizing with the earth and that's what heart cells do. Heart cells synchronize with whatever's around them. And so, so fascinating. So you, know, you can sense it away from your body and it can, it can sense things as well. Absolutely. It's a huge part of our intuition and our ability, you know, and, the, and there's research to show this, that, you know, when, like we know when somebody's feeling sad or when somebody's mm-hmm. feeling joyful. And part of that is uh, the way we perceive that is through our electromagnetic field. How can we as a society kind of channel that a little bit? Cause 
seems that there's a lot of blockages towards that. You there know. are. And so I'll, I'll walk you through kind of my, uh, my thought process on that. One, I think that viewing the body as a fractal of the earth is really important. And I came to this uh, uh, in kind of in the throes of my own midlife spiritual awakening or, you know, crisis. <laughs> but it was really a gift <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> it just, you know, but like it's hard, you know, like I had a very hard time in my life where where my body was falling apart. My marriage was really challenged and I had a professional lawsuit brought against me. And so that was really like, you know, my life was yeah. crumbling in all directions. And I took a little pause just to reimagine what I wanted my practice to be because I uh, my reputation here is in New Orleans is that I'm the body whisperer and I'm kind of everybody's best kept secret. And really, the universe was really asking me to be much more visible <laughs> and to up mm-hmm. my game and to really merge the science and wisdom traditions that I was using in my practice in a very cohesive way. And so I scaled back on seeing clients for a little bit and I did some reading and learned that mythology was a mode of communicating science. So, for example, in that ancient myth of Isis and Osiris are many of the numbers of the Earth's processional cycle. So it was a way that they communicated the cosmology. They just did it through story. They didn't write scientifically like we do now. Mm -hmm. And after reading that, my first thought was, oh, the Earth's at about a 23-and-a-half-degree tilt. What's 23-and-a-half degrees from the midline of the body? And in all of my anatomy books, and I've had a chance to look at some real skulls as well, the opening where your vagus nerve exits the base of your skull is 23-and-a-half degrees from the center of where your spinal cord exits. Okay. And there's 47 degrees between the pole stars that the Earth points to over thousands of years. And our normal rotation between our first and second vertebrae is 47 degrees. And our anterior cruciate ligaments sit in our knees at an average of 47 degrees. And so there's, you know, I just, from my biomechanical knowledge, I could pull very quickly. Uh, You know, I had a series of angles already in my head and have since discovered more. And I think that what I find is if these angles are not correct, people are less likely to feel well. Mm -hmm. And beyond that... You know, there, there are structural re- – have, I've created structural releases for all of these compression points. And if you go to my website, MelanieWeller.com, and enter your email in at the bottom of my homepage, it will send you a free vagus nerve decompression course. Oh. And so you can take yourself through a self-assessment and treatment and see, you know, where the physical blockages are. But really, beyond that – to really resolve something fully, we often, especially when it's been a chronic s- situation, it's really helpful to go into what, you know, what is that underlying stress? And, you know, why is it showing up in my neck or why is it showing up in my back? What is that? Mm-hmm. And so the physical piece can be really helpful. The other piece that I discovered in kind of in taking that step back from my practice was that the ventricles in your brain that make cerebral spinal fluid look just like the ram's horns in Aries, and in astrology, Aries rules the head. 
And the way your hyoid bone sits on top of your larynx looks just like the symbol for Taurus, and Taurus rules the throat. And your aortic arch is the same shape as the symbol for Leo, and Leo rules the heart in astrology. And so it works this way the whole way through the body. So these stories, uh, one, offer us clues to what those spiritual underpinnings of our physical dysfunction are. And I have created a form of energy medicine out of this that is very is to me it's just like speaking to the body in its original language that this is just the way the cosmos is coded into us and so in addition to the physical techniques when i work with someone and i work with people online as well as in person uh you can do this uh you can use this as a form of energy medicine to really transform people's bodies and it ends up um you know, it can be very quick and very profound, and it's just such a, an incredible joy to be able to offer people solutions, especially when they haven't had them for a long mm-hmm. time. Wonderful. And so if we use storytelling and symbolism, we can also transform our behavior as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really where the magic is. When you treat somebody's physical body, sometimes their story will change. Mm -hmm. But when you treat their story, their physical body will always change. Oh, okay. Because um, the emotional things that you you know, you can experience trauma, it's going to affect your body. I know I've been there and people, other people on this podcast that I've talked to, they've experienced trauma and then, then they experienced health issues. Absolutely. And so, and trauma is like, nobody gets stressed or traumatized and has really great arm swing when they walk. We all lock up Mm -hmm. in that way. And so those horizontal structures in our bodies, like our diaphragm and our vocal cords, and we know that trauma always affects the voice and the breath. We know that through the, through the research but we have this horizontal system in our body that gets locked up with trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cosmos is rotational. Like, I think we just think too small about alignment. Like when, for example, the right side of the diaphragm has more muscle mass than the left. So theoretically, the right side will always win. Mm-hmm. And when we're locked down on the right side of our diaphragm, we might have a low right shoulder, be a little bit rotated in our spine that way. The earth below us and the solar system above us are all spinning the opposite direction. And so we're out of alignment on this much, much bigger scale than I believe that we realize. And many people will get better with just, you know, with, you know, basic exercise and things like that. But I think we can really be very, uh, you know, we can take this to a whole new level that it's, you know, if you're having headaches that you can look into where your heroics and your desires are at odds with each other, like where your Aries archetype might be distorted if you've been the hero in somebody else's story and not your own, or if you are mm-hmm. spending uh, your time satisfying everybody else's desires and not your own or at the expense of your own. 
that can create issues in the head. And even, and this works across different mythologies as well. Uh, the Hindu deity Ganesh uh, describes the underside of the brain where the cerebellum and the brainstem are. And so I, the only rule we ever really follow is as above, so below. Yes. You know, and, you know, if we're having a, um, you know, an issue in the pelvis to look more into Jupiter mythology or and Scorpio rules the reproductive system, that these stories can really offer us that. And sometimes, like, oh, you can imagine a woman's reproductive system looks a bit like a scorpion where the vagina is the tail and the uterus is the body and the ovaries are the claws. And that's the way the scorpion lives in our bodies can get distorted. I treated one of my colleagues a couple years back post-uterine ablation, and she was having pain when she would flex her right hip up. And to me, her scorpion tail was flipped up to the right, and I put her scorpion tail back, and all of her hip pain went away. Mm-hmm. And so when you speak, so much of healing is getting, you know, is being seen and being heard and finding that right language. And that's really what story has to offer us. And the science of storytelling is really extraordinary because it gives us a dopamine release and it gives us an oxytocin release. So we feel more connected. Okay. And... So often, at least, especially in the people that I've seen over the years, because they've seen often many other practitioners of different kinds and not had success, that what happens is that filling your filling their cup is draining them. They're very good at doing lots of things for themselves, but it hasn't been working. And it's less about how you're doing than how you're being. And that's what story really has to offer us with that. And our vagus nerve is the bridge between our stories and our bodies. That's wonderful. Now, what are some client um, issues that you usually see? What do people come to you for, uh, you know, in your new practice? Sure. Well, I see a wide range of things. I often get uh, things like back pain and neck pain and orthopedic type issues because that's been my uh, what I've done for a long, long time. I also get people that are really just looking to uh, create more flow in their life, to be uh, like it, entrepreneurs and leaders that are looking, that recognize that their uh, business development is their personal development amplified. And that when you have... Uh, when your vagus nerve is compressed at these different points, it will like it's playing out in your business and in other areas of your life as well. So I, of, I also get people that are just looking to um, live their best possible life in, in many different ways. But, um, and the most exciting thing that I've done recently, I have a, a severely autistic 16 year old I've been working with and he's gotten significantly more aware and 
his mom said she thinks he tried to say mom the other day and he's never said anything, you know, he's been nonverbal his whole life. So that was really exciting just to see, get a glimpse uh, of that. You know, and there's a long way to go still with him, but it's exciting to see that those transformations, you know, are so, uh, you know, are possible. Wonderful. And now with our current situation that we're in in the world and the pandemic and just pretty much everything, people are really stressed. And yeah. a lot of people don't have access to any tools or they can't afford to, to see, a, you know, even get mm-hmm. a massage. So what are some things people could do? I know there's meditation and things like that. What sure. are some people things people can do to activate their vagus nerve at home and and to yeah. just bring down this, uh, just bring, just take everything down a notch, mm-hmm. I guess, in general. Well, I, I will tell you the first thing is uh, like, I'll walk you through a couple, a couple exercises here. Um, and like, if you're listening to this and going to participate in these, make sure you are not driving or operating any machinery or kitchen tools or anything that, you know, make sure you're in a good, mm-hmm. safe place <laughs> to do these. So, one of my favorite exercises is opening up the vagus nerve on the back side of the heart. And to do that, what I have people do is to cross their left ankle in front of their right and just gently push their ankles together a little bit. None, none of this should be painful. If you have any conditions or limitations that you're worried that this might exacerbate, you do not have to do this. This is absolutely modifiable. And you can even just, the great thing about your brain is that it does not see the difference between imagining doing something and actually doing something. The same parts of your brain activate. So if you can't get into these, this position comfortably, you're, um, you can just imagine that you're doing it and do the breathing part that I'm going to walk you through. So left ankle in front of the right, right hand on the left shoulder, with the elbow pointed forward and left hand and comfortably in the small of the back. And then what you're going to do is inhale into the back side of your heart for a count of five. So you're going to expand your rib cage on the back side of your heart, hold your breath for a count of eight. And if you need to count fast because you can't do it long, that's okay too. And then exhale like you're blowing up a balloon or blowing out a candle, give the air a little bit of resistance for a count of 13 or as long as you can. And you can repeat that a few times. And that's a really beautiful way to get more mobility in your spine. I've, it it can even extend up into your neck. It really just takes that, um, Building a bigger awareness and and more mobility on the backside of your ribs really helps with anxiety. When we're anxious, we're often stuck in the past or projecting into the future. You know, it's very difficult to be present. And certainly this, you know, 2020 has given us a, uh, a big challenge on just being present in the moment. And... There's a tribe in the Andes Mountains in South America that says your future is behind you, propelling you forward, and your your past is in front of you, waiting for you to make peace with it and clear your way. And I love the idea that your future has your back, and that as you breathe into the backside of your heart, 
you connect with that and you bring your good future towards you. And so putting the metaphor with the physical exercise Mm -hmm. is, to me, is really important in terms of repatterning what's happening. That's wonderful. So that, and people can do that to, that's something that anyone can do. Absolutely. It's very easy. And if you have any shoulder limitations, for example, or something, you know, that keep you from doing it exactly as I described, that's okay. Just go as, you know, if all you can do is just sit and breathe into the backside of your heart, that's okay too. Your vagus nerve uses the same neurotransmitter that your muscles do. And improving, giving the vagus nerve more space yields really profound changes in your musculoskeletal function. You get more range of motion. You get nice muscle flexibility, Tension lets go in many ways. And so, um, and even uh, what I really love doing is, for example, decompressing the vagus nerve at the level of the heart or at the level of the head and seeing how it changes how people's ankles and knees are functioning. Because it just, you get this beautiful, beautiful systemic effect. Wonderful. Now, if someone wants to work directly with you, uh, where can they get a hold of you, a website or social media? Yeah, my website is MelanieWeller.com, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-W-E-L-L-E-R, and my contact information is all over it. My social media handle is Embody Your Star across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, great. And before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to share uh, for any listeners out there who are struggling? Mm. Really, just know that the universe has your back. Okay. You know, having that trust is really, you know, we're often the worst at trusting ourselves over anyone, <laughs> over anyone else. And um, actually, I'll give one different piece of information here. Really develop a language with your body is to know how it says yes and how it says no. So that you're really so that you can start making decisions, even very basic ones like, uh, you know, do I want to wear the blue shirt today or do I want to wear the white shirt today? And to see how those feel in your body, to really get that sense of how your body says yes and no. Because we're all so, uh, we're way too much in our heads and we're not in our heads in the right way. Right. And so when you can start making some body-based decisions, you're, you are tapping into the wisdom of your vagus nerve and you're tapping into the wisdom of your soul. And, uh, you know, you can very simply develop a language for that by just sitting with, um, you know, things you know are true and that you know feel good. If I uh, say, my name is Melanie, like I can feel my heart expand. I can feel my feet root into the ground. If I say, my name is Bob, it all starts to contract <laughs> and curl up. <laughs> And so you can start with very simple yes-no questions, and that's a really great thing just to ground yourself, especially when things are mind-blowing and uh, and you feel like you can't quite get your head upon you know your head about yourself or and see clearly. And I'll tell you personally, I I have astrologically I have a lot of Aries energy. 
And so I can be very heady about things. Mm -hmm. And I like to ask my feet. I, when I really need to know an answer, I go to my feet because it's the furthest place away from my head. (laughs) (laughs) We are in our heads a lot. Yeah. 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 And so if you want to get off the hamster wheel and you can do this with any part of your body, but you know, to really see how different parts of your body respond in very simple, yes, no ways is a very powerful and very simple tool that is very grounding. And as you get more fluent in that language, you can trust it as a response for more important things and use it kind of as an internal GPS. Wonderful. That's really helpful. Um, Paul, thank you so much, Melanie, for for joining me today on the podcast. Oh, this has been so fun. Thank you, Dawn. Yes, it's been really fun. And I know it's going to benefit a lot of people. People need this right now. So thank thank you. you for what you do. Thank you for everything you do. Mm, thank you. And thank you for spreading messages of healing for on many different uh, areas for all of your listeners. Oh, well, you're welcome. Well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Susan, you remember the time we were in Orange County? We were driving around and we got lost. And we ran into this place called Avila's El Ranchito. You remember the place? The place had awesome decor and authentic margaritas. Did you know that Avila's El Ranchito has been around since 1966? They have 13 locations throughout Orange County. Visit Salvador Avila's location in Lake Forest and Foothill Ranch for great food, ambiance, and specialty margaritas. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Melanie, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com, and click on Contact. If you are not a current subscriber to this podcast and you don't want to miss any episodes, please go to your favorite podcast subscription service and click on Subscribe. You can also find me on social media at Teaspoon of Healing on Instagram facebook.com slash teaspoon of healing or twitter at teaspoon healing and if you are on my website please subscribe to my mailing list i'm going to get that started up again so you can get updates on there thank you for listening and have a great week